0: welcome to the penny and pops podcast he's spencer penny strode i'm adam pops papa Giorgio. the magic are in the playoffs for the first time since 2012 let's go Southeast Division. Champion, Orlando
1: Magic! Penny, we're in the playoffs. How's it feel? Feels pretty damn good after seven years, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So uh, this is going to be our, uh, our, I guess, our series and game one uh, playoff preview against the uh, number two seed Toronto Raptors because your Orlando Magic finished 42 and 40 on the season, and they're the number seven seed. So it's been quite a road since the last episode. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about how, how we got to this point. So going back to last Friday, well, first off, uh, right now we're recording this Thursday evening. And so we'll go back to last Friday where the Magic slaughtered the Atlanta Hawks 149-113. to Fan appreciation night. The Magic absolutely had to win that game because they had not clinched a playoff spot yet. And there's not really too much to say other than some of the historic records they broke. Um, But, look, the Magic, they uh, they scored over 80-plus points in a half for, like, the third time ever. They scored 81 points in that first half. Um, they almost broke their uh, record from that December nineteen ninety game against the Nuggets, where they put up eighty three, which was the Scott Scouts triple double game. Didn't quite get there, but uh, and then along with that, they scored the one hundred and forty nine points, which is the third, hot, you know, the third most points scored ever by the Magic in a game in team history. The most being the one fifty five in that Scouts thirty assist game. Going back to it, but um, watching the game. I, I think anyone that was in the arena, first off, the Magic fans were just phenomenal from the get-go, and that's what I think fueled them on, because let's be honest, Fan Appreciation Night, I think a lot of people forget how important those nights used to be in Magic history. You and I have been in that building, and the old building, for Fan Appreciation Nights when the Magic didn't suck, and the, the fans knew that had they won that Atlanta game, that Magic really were right there, close to getting a playoff spot, and so... Watching the broadcast, I mean, they're whipping, out, they're concluding, you know, their 30th anniversary like specials. They're whipping out like Danny Shays and Greg Kite on the on the TV broadcast, um, and so I, I don't know. Watching that, did you get the sense going into that game and as the game's laying out that it's just a completely
1: different atmosphere at this point? Yeah, definitely. The players were jacked up, you could tell, and the fans were too. I think everyone's a little. It used to be you always had a chance at getting the, the jersey and now they've already prearranged who's going to get the jersey, like a season ticket holder gets right. one, and then community partner gets the other. I want to know who ended up with the Isaiah Briscoe draw, because they kind of got screwed and not meeting a player. They still gave away 18 jerseys. But look, the energy's palpable in the building. The player's fed off it, and it was probably one of the easiest and most fun games of the year for sure.
0: Yeah, and look, that's nine. Sh- the Magic finished the regular season with a 9 game home winning streak and that's the most that they've had in a row since the 0809 season in one season so that was a good year 0809 and uh look the magic finished at home 25 and 16 it's great they take care of business and hopefully that enthusiasm is going to go into the playoffs when we get to game three and four but you know at that point the magic actually had owned the sixth seed um and then that seesaw battle begins are you gonna Get sixth, seventh, eighth. There's still a chance they weren't gonna get in at that point, because then Sunday came and that Boston victory, 116-108 in Boston, was immense. I almost didn't see it coming in that fourth quarter. As I'm getting nervous and Kyrie Irving's just right. hitting shot after shot, um, cutting the lead down to two. But that Sunday was 407 day, and uh, very apt. Yeah. So I, just looking at the team as they're celebrating after the after winning that game and. And seeing them, like, run in, run into the locker room. Steve Clifford's got this huge grin on his face. Like, Timothy Mozgov is, like, our big mascot that's pumped up and whatnot. And um, it's it, it's just great just because Twitter was going nuts and social media is going nuts. Like, I saw people post on Facebook about the Magic that I haven't seen post about the Magic since 2012, basically. And it's just an excitement and until you're you're here until you're you know you're in the area until you go downtown or and obviously if you get to go to a magic game here in the next uh, you know here in this series uh, you know you you won't really feel that energy that that just that palpable just awesome awesome feeling of
1: being in a hunt to hopefully get a trophy maybe but yeah, people forget what playoff basketball is like and there's really nothing like it and you know obviously for the players and the coaches but also for the fans the atmosphere in the building is just completely different so anyone that hasn't been to a game in seven years walking in you're going to feel great uh, and up to the task again i i know we're going to delve deep into the series but i want to say talking about the emotion of the players and mm-hmm. the coaches and enjoying the satisfaction of the achievement, regardless of what happens uh, in the in the playoff series, regardless of what happens in the summer, regardless of what happens maybe next year with changes in the roster and regression. Yeah. the Enjoying the fact that this team hung together and went on a crazy run in the second half of the season and has gotten to the playoffs for the first time in seven years, I think, is something that we really have to... To in the here and now, appreciate and really enjoy for all it's worth. Yeah, and you know, the
0: Magic, as the intro said, Mike Corny, Paul Porter, Southeast Division, a uh, little snippet in there that I added in there. <laughs> um, the Magic, they claim their sixth division title in franchise history. That's not a small thing 20% S- of the years. I mean, you know? six out of 30 years, right? you know, you're division champion. The other titles come in in 95, 96, 08, 09, and 2010. All, all those years included uh, first-round series VIT wins, actually. So, obviously, the Magic are in a worse situation now than all these years. Also having just won at the time they they were 41 and 40 after the Boston win yeah. to be a Southeast Division champion with 41 wins is is pretty crazy but we'll take it we will take it and it didn't end up factoring in but had we been in like a three-way tie with some of those teams at the bottom we actually would have been on top because of the division right. crown so still matters so divisions matter yeah um, more, I guess one thing with the Boston series that people forget are forgetting now, or the Boston season series is one the Magic win at three nothing, and all three of those games Boston gave us pretty much everybody. I don't think they were really sitting anybody in any of those three games. Yeah, and two of them in Boston. And so, and Boston was really pushing to to, to beat us. I mean, at that point they had they knew they had clinched the fourth seed, but brad stevens who may end up paying for it later because marcus smart ends up uh obliterating his oblique basically going up against vucevic and falling on the ground a few times but um you know they they pushed and they wanted to try and uh you know beat the magic but it didn't happen and it just goes to show this team's a lot different than the past years i mean we've seen it if not through the past three months beyond that that In situations where you're down big, or you're you know you're trailing, and it doesn't look like you can come back, they've come back and done it. They've beaten you know Memphis. They've beaten you know you know again that Grizzlies game. They're down like 17 or whatever the heck it was. They won. They beat the Heat in Miami when they're down like 14, and they're doing the the Chris uh, Bosh halftime celebration or whatnot. They've beaten big teams. You look at their record against the Eastern Conference playoff teams. They've been pretty good against all of them. Now, in some of those situations, maybe you know a couple of little games here and there, guys have rested, but still got to win. And in years past, when the Magic have gone up against teams that rest their star players, they usually lose. Actually, right. yeah. So they're playing; they're, they're punching above their belt. Yeah. And the progress is noticeable. And the one, the only other stat I want to bring up from that Boston game is the Magic shot 22 of 22 from the free throw line, which. That's a franchise record. That's the most that the Magic have made without missing since they went 17 of 17 was the previous high. So yeah. 22 of 22. Thank you for the uh, Terrence Ross three-point plays galore. That's, right. that, that skews it a little bit, but it's still free throws. you got to make them. Yeah. And, I mean, they hit clutch shots late
1: in that game. I think Gordon hit some. Vooch hit some. The Augustine hit Fournier some. Fournier dunk was – I mean, look, say what you – When we've <laughs> yeah. said a lot about Fournier and – our clutch play, I think we're 5-6 and six in close games this season, and obviously over the years it hasn't been great, but Fournier, for all his faults, whether he makes a shot or he misses it, at least he's not afraid to pull the trigger in the clutch, and that drive and dunk was probably the play of the game, I think. Absolutely, and it's going quickly to the Charlotte game, look, the Magic, they
0: had clinched the playoff spot, but at that point they still didn't know if they were the 6th, 7th, or 8th seed. Uh, it's the first game on ESPN since 2015, so you got Mark Jones ripping out, like, whipping out, like, the summer league, right. uh, script. <laughs> Thank God for Doris Burke. I love Doris Burke. Oh, she and carried him. She carried him for at least, if not three and a half quarters of that game, the whole game, and she had clearly been waiting a long time to actually talk about the Magic, because she was just literally ripping through a whole bunch of just stats and info and just insight. She brought up, you know, Jonathan Isaac, who didn't even play in the game. Isaac, we don't know if he's been cleared yet for the Raptors series, but he's, you know, he was out with the concussion protocol. Um, he took, I guess, a, a shot to the jaw in the first quarter of that game in Boston, which I thought it was the third when he took a hip shot as well. But you know, I'm hoping that it was more precautionary. Well, obviously, it's the protocol, so you can't bypass it no matter right. what. But you feel like. He'll he'll be good to go come Saturday, which that's when Game One is Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time in Toronto, but um, and then Vucevic sat out, which what they're calling with the stomach virus against Charlotte, and he's fine. He practiced already, and I, I don't see any issues. I still think he's got like a little shoulder issue that they were uh, they were nurturing, and I think Penny,
1: you you mentioned that uh, maybe he was trying to preserve his. Uh, his rebounds statistics. There? Yeah, he's at exactly 12 rebounds for the year. And for him to have kept that, he would have needed exactly 12 rebounds or more. So he had a great year. Stats look good. Rest him up for game one. Yeah, and Charlotte, they were fighting for their lives going
0: into that game. Somehow Charlotte stayed alive going into the final <laughs> game of the season. I kept counting them out. Like, yeah, I'm going to mention them. But don't, they're not in. But they, uh, they were uh, eliminated because they needed uh, – they needed the Knicks to somehow beat Detroit, sure. and uh, even though the Pistons rested Blake Griffin, it, it, it was a slaughter. The, oh. Detroit uh, gets in as the 8th seed. Brooklyn's the 6th seed, and we're the 7th seed. 42-40 um, is the final, is the record for the season. The Magic, they went from 17 games. under. Er, er, it's a 17-game improvement from last season when they won 25 games. Uh, and then... 22 and nine to go the last 31 games and Stan Van Gundy on that ESPN halftime show or just the ESPN uh, panel right with a uh, unhappy Paul Pierce uh, sure. <laughs> on hand. Uh, Stan is literally like a proud father when he talks about Clifford and this team and uh, you know he he hops on 96 uh, nine the game uh, at least once a week to talk magic and whatnot and he's like a proud father. It's great. It's you know Steve Clifford. People forget assistant on those. Fan Gundy teams and it's just interesting seeing like national media's opinion when now that the Magic are in the spotlight again and just seeing how bad some takes are from some people and just some of these people just don't know much. Like Mark Jones is struggling through the game and
1: I mean you you sent out a tweet about just him struggling in general, but Well they they have a pronunciation guide in the media notes for everything, so a one do is not that hard. Uh a wundo from Kansas. Well not quite. Wrong last name and wrong school. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's weird. Like he's def- and normally he's pretty good.
0: He's got good one liners, obviously. Apparently, his daughters are playing in Central Florida, so right. I, I don't know what's going on there. But um, so we'll we're gonna go through the series now here soon. Um, I just want to say that just looking at all the quotes and I mean the speech after the uh, the Boston game that Clifford game that Clifford game where he's like this is great and all, but. We want more. Let's get more. Like we're capable of more. And I think having a teaching background the way he does, and him having that past history with Orlando, it just seems to resonate more than some of these other coaches that have come through for the Magic. Like Skiles brought the discipline, but he was way too prickish. And uh, Vogel, I don't know, he's got too much of that jersey in him where he, you know, he's he's. It's just the attitude thing where he was up and up when early on in in seasons and then just he this team killed him this franchise murdered him and Clifford just seems
1: like a stronger just got a steady hand but yeah firm but you know soft but firm yeah so it's it's working so far and um
0: you know and it's great that both uh John Hammond and Jeff Weltman were there in Boston to congratulate uh, the team when they won and all these former players be it be them former Magic guys or not, are congratulating players on the current uh, roster. They're congratulating Clifford. Like you got Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkulu, Quentin Richardson. They're all sending like respects and shout outs yeah. to them. Jameer, I think uh, Josh Robbins in his latest piece for the Athletics saying how Jameer would like to come to a game now, especially since he's probably maybe not going to play another NBA game again. But since it's the playoffs, he he's not for hire at the moment. Right. So um, that'd be cool for, for when that, that comes. We just found out now that Steve Clifford won Coach of the Month. That includes both March and April. Uh, he, the Magic went 13-6 and six during that run. And I think it's kind of a consolation prize for him probably not being near the top three in the Coach of the Year voting.
1: But I mean yeah, it's funny though. It's like a mirror image of his first year in Charlotte down to the tee And I think he won he won Coach of the Month. I think back then it was not March and April combined, but he won Coach of the Month in April's first season in Charlotte too. And there's no one more deserving based on the run that the team went on to close the deal and get into the playoffs. It's
0: pretty crazy. That Charlotte team went twenty-one and ten in their last thirty-one. The Magic here go twenty-two and nine in that instance. And good for him. Um, and Look, a lot he he's one of the first people to actually admit it as well. I mean, Sam Van Gundy's pointed out, but look, health's been a key thing too. The magic, they they ro- really rotated around like their training staff, their health you know, their health folks and really just kind of put more emphasis on trying to keep players healthy, and it's honestly worked. Their top six guys, which it's the starting lineup, and then you include Terrence Ross in there, they missed about 156 games last season, and this season it was 14, and now it's 16 because Vucevic and Isaac were out, but that's a huge freaking gap. Like The Magic had the same exact starting five for 34 straight games until then. And... It's gonna be a big issue. I mean, you going. I mean, even now going into the playoffs, it's the Magic. They've they've kept it together, and a big reason why Frank Vogel maybe just couldn't get it to work is because a lot, of, you know, these they, he didn't have bodies, he didn't have his talent, and because this Magic team. Doesn't have that much depth from a talent perspective. They need everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's catastrophic injuries that happen every year that hope you hope never happen, but are unavoidable. And then there's the lingering muscle pulls and ankle sprains that go from one week to three weeks or whatever. And that's some of the stuff that I think fans don't really you know take into account is all of the investment off the court. Um, you know, expanding the basketball operations staff, expanding the health and performance staff that. Um, you say what you will about the DeVos family, but as, a, as an ownership group, they put their money into the team every year um, and there's no restrictions on you know the funding of those ancillary operations that uh, d- eventually directly impact the team and obviously the investment paid off for this year.
0: And I mean, there's never really been a situation where they haven't been wanting to devote resources to the team. I think it's all about whoever's in charge and what they want. If you look back to you know the Rob Hennigan era, it's we had a, apparently I guess a skeleton staff almost comparison to some of what the other uh, folks in the NBA league has. Now the Magic have one of the larger you know staffs when it comes to you know their G League team, the NBA team itself, and these are all these people behind the scenes that a normal fan's never gonna see. And Hammond and Waltman clearly knew what they wanted, and the checks were written, and so far we're we're profit, or we're you know we're. Not, well, we're, prospering, profiting. Yeah. we're prospering and we're profiting because uh, we're, we're playing to, playoff games right? too. Yeah. So. Cha ching. Um, all right. So the Magic brought back their uh, blue and white Ignite campaign.
1: I got to tell you, I'm not thrilled about it. Are you thrilled?
0: I'm good with it. I, I don't I have it to any issues be, with an it. It's an
1: annual tradition that it's going to be blue and it white. It works.
0: I mean, I'm going to tell you now. Get ready for blue stuff. Probably, you know, it's probably. I'll come. Take that.
1: I'm just glad it's not code blue again. That was one code blue is Man, terrible.
0: Code blue. It's like, are we dying? What, what are we doing? <laughs> Which I don't even know what a code blue is necessarily, right, yeah. but I think code red and yeah. awful stuff like that, and thinking like Mountain Dew flavors as well. So, <laughs> um, also. Evan Fournier apparently made a nice bonus with the Magic making the playoffs. Did he made really? $150,000. Oh. Uh, so that's. I'm sure somebody else had incentives in their contract as well, but Bobby Marks had that tweet waiting ready to go out. So um, I, speaking of Fournier, I think he's ramping it up. Uh, if he's this been is, great. This is where. The stats may not convey it or should approve it. Um, if you look on on his his stats like after the all star break, like his percentages are actually down. However the eye test way up. The eye test way up. And it's one of those things where I a lot we talked about how he likes to come up with some empty empty points, empty stats here and there. Um, not not lately. He's he's been he's been hitting some clutch shots and he's I don't think he's been much of a liability on defensive end, not yeah. lately. And That's going to be key when we go into the series, which that's actually what we're going to do right now. So I had a small fear that the Magic would be like the NBA TV series, but that actually didn't happen. So game one, Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern. The uh, Magic are going to be on ESPN in Toronto. Game two, so they get a few days off, Tuesday, April 16th. That's an 8 p.m. Eastern game. That's on TNT. And then you got game three and four, Friday and Sunday, the nineteenth and the twenty-first. That's gonna be a fun
1: weekend to be yeah. just downtown or just at a sports bar or just wherever you like the watch parties are gonna be. Well breaks great for Magic fans because you get two weekend playoff games, and then I think you get the Orlando City Home soccer game. game in between. Yeah. So. Um and then so yeah, game three
0: would be on ESPN, game four is on TNT, and then you go to to the uh, to the asterisk where right. if a game five is necessary well, we'll, we'll get there hopefully when we get there right yeah so uh, all right I, people probably know this by now because it's kind of
1: been flung around but uh, who has pl- who on the magic roster has played the most playoff games so we, we saw it on Twitter. Uh, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly. It wasn't to me. I, knew, you and I, I knew, but I, yeah. it's people forget because he hasn't played a second for the
0: Magic this year. Right. But it's Timothy Mazgov yeah. for you know he's played 40 games and he was on that Cavaliers uh, NBA champion team too. Yeah. So um, second though is Terrence Ross, and if you looked at him in that post game interview with Dante after the uh, the Charlotte win. He definitely wants the Raptors, real fucking bad, because God knows he put up an amazing 35 points, right? And he was not ready to say to, to get bumped down to the eighth seed, even though, like I said, I think Toronto out of Toronto, uh,
1: uh, Philly and Milwaukee. I actually thought think Toronto is the toughest team that I, they're matched up with. That's my question to you, right? Is uh, of all the scenarios, I think my preference would have been Philadelphia first with the Embiid uncertainty and then Milwaukee, and then Toronto. And it seemed like we were destined to get Toronto from the jump.
0: Yeah, I mean, and even like in the final
1: days of the regular season, the
0: stats, the statistics, the percentages all pointed to the Magic going up against Toronto. Although, had they lost to Charlotte, it would have been eighth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's... Look, Terrence Ross—he's—he's he's out for revenge. I mean, he played uh, like over 300 games for them when he was a Raptor. He got drafted by them eighth overall in 2012, I think it is, and he's—he's he's looking one. Well, he's looking to get paid as well, right. but I, he's definitely looking to to, to
1: stick maybe upset him. Yeah, stick yeah. it to
0: him, and we'll see. Um, so he's played 31 playoff games. DJ Augustine. Our veteran, twenty-eight points, or our oldest veteran, probably that's that's in the rotation. Yeah, twenty-eight uh, games played, and then it's Michael Carter Williams at eleven. We start getting thin. <laughs> uh, Jaron Grant five, Jarrell Martin five, Fournier four, Markel Foltz who won't play in this series right. three. And Vucevic, the one game he played we'll, as a sixer. whole we'll mop-up duty there. Yeah, so, look, experience, I mean, experience, the Magic are the least experienced team in the East. There's no denying that when it comes to the playoffs. But, look, the, the Magic didn't go 22-9 and nine as a fluke. Like, if we were talking about, like, oh, the last 12 games they've gone 10-2, and two, then whatever. It's not a huge sample size. But 31 games, pretty large sample size. Right. Especially when you've statistically been, if not the number one defense in the league, one of the number one defenses of the league, and we taught, you know, the the league nowadays is all about ramping it up and pace, etc. But come playoff time, that shit slows down. A lot. And I think, I talked about how free throws and the Magic's lack of taking free throws will probably cost them two games in each series. I think their defense is guaranteeing them at least one win. I don't think they're getting swept.
1: So let's say this. Okay, we talked about, uh, or I talked about rather, enjoying the Magic's regular season for what it was. And that's its own entity. And, uh, you know, obviously great accomplishment that we're celebrating what makes a successful playoff run? Is it one win? Is it two wins? Is it still successful if it's a sweep but four games that are tight? Look, it's it, it's successful for already. It is a successful season. You
0: can argue that Toronto is the best team in the East, especially how well they've been playing Post lately. Trade. Um, you know, you Nick Nurse is really coaching them up. Where they're they're just amazing from three point range now, and they have the depth. They have the size. They have, just, I mean, when you have, like, Mark Casal and Jeremy Lynn uh, as guys that are, like, sixth, seventh guys on your team, basically. Like, abaka's out there looking to get his revenge. They even signed Jody Meeks now, who right. I'm scared of. Like, they, they have a really great mix of youth and veteran leadership. And even if Kyle Lowry just shits the bed in this postseason, they're still good enough to, to manhandle the magic if they're on their game. But... I think the – I I mean, look, this regular season has been amazing. I think, though, to really just feel okay about yourself, you got to win one. Yeah. One is the thing for me.
1: I I agree. I think that uh, if you get swept out of the playoffs, even if it's tight all four games, which, by the way, Clifford's first playoff run, Charlotte got swept. So – Hopefully we'll break the cycle there and at least get one. That was to Miami though when they won, right. went yeah. on to win the championship. Yeah. So I yeah. don't think
0: Toronto's that good. But no. um, I mean, one of the factors that we're gonna we're gonna see is what's what's Kawhi Leonard gonna do as far as is he is he gonna be able to show that he can actually be clutched down the stretch like he was when he was healthy with the Spurs and he hasn't quite shown that yet. I mean we'll. We'll look at how some of the games have gone against the, the four matchups that the Magic and Toronto have had where the Magic split the series 2-2. Um, the Magic, I said they were good against the other seven Eastern Conference playoff teams. They're 13-12, so that's respectable yeah. in and of itself. And uh, I do want to just kind of look at the other that the the previous four games that the Magic played. So we start with that first meeting back on November uh, 20th against the Raptors at home in Orlando. The Magic lost 93-91. That's the game that Danny Green got that little uh, close fadeaway baseline jumper to to go to beat the Magic. Um, the Raptors went were 14 and four after that game. The Magic 9 and 9. So early on in the season, and. I mean, you look at how that game played out. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, solid game. He had 18 points. Serge Ibaka, 14. I mean, spread all across. Siakam. Pascal Siakam's going to be the X factor in this series, I feel like. Just maybe, if not for the Raptors, like I said, the series as a whole. Because if Siakam is engaged on both ends of the court, it's it's tough when you got already a pretty stacked lineup. And yeah. he's going to be voted the most improved player of the year, most likely. And the way I see it, Jonathan Isaac. I don't know if he's going to be guarding him or if it's going to be Aaron Gordon. But you feel like whoever wins the matchup between those two each night might determine how this how
1: the series plays out. It might determine each game. Yeah. If Isaac can at least keep up with him, Siakam. Obviously, I think he will win Most Improved, and it'll be a deserved award for him. Uh, but one of his pet moves that he really got was that spin cycle spin move to the rim. Yeah. And it does seem like the last couple matchups that Isaac's been able to track him and stay on top of it so if they can if he can neutralize Siakam or at least almost neutralize him uh, I think you count that as a huge win for the Magic in the matchup yeah we, we we need Isaac healthy going into game one we can't
0: have him out if he's out we're we're in trouble out of the gate but I mean going back to that that November 20th game Fournier had 27 points he tied the game on a really awesome dunk that you thought might have sent it to overtime before Danny Green pulled that shot out of his ass. Right. So, you know the Magic lost that one. Um, the Magic then, though, uh, they they took it to the Raptors in another Orlando home game, December twenty eighth. The Magic killed Toronto one sixteen to eighty seven, and this is the game that the Magic held Toronto to twenty nine point five percent field goal shooting, which is absolutely absurd. And it's one, of, it's like a top ten all. Like defensive showing all time when it comes to field goal percentage. Yeah, um, I think they've only done it like eight times where they've held, held a team under 30% shooting for a game. So, I mean, that was the game, though, where Lowry did not Kyle Lowry didn't play. I think Valanchunas also missing, obviously. He's been swapped for... Marcus now, match. but um, I mean, this is where so Fred Van Vliet wasn't having a good day at point guard, but the common theme is maybe Danny Green's offense kind of dictates how Toronto goes. He's 1-6 yeah. shooting in that game. You know, he had a great game, that November game. We'll get to the other one in April, obviously, here in a yeah. bit. But um, Vucevic was a fucking monster, 30 points, 19 rebounds. He, I think he's averaged 20 and 16 against the Raptors in, in the four games, this, you know, leading up to this matchup now. And so, look, we need Vuce to be an all-star. And I know Marc Gasol, you know, Vuce kind of looks up to Marc Gasol a little bit, even though Gasol's only a few years older than Vuce. But, um Nick's gotta find a way to win to win that matchup. And he's had issues though with with kind of bulky
1: wide uh, centers, yeah. Falanchunas being the one that definitely comes to mind. Um can I put my pessimist hat on for a minute and have you talk me out of it? Okay, go for it. So the Vucevic's best performances against the Raptors come when they're going small with a box at the five. I'm I'm worried about Kyle Lowry bullying uh Augustine. Augustine. I'm worried about Fournier getting switched to Kyle Lowry and then Danny Green going off and chasing Augustine around the screens. I'm worried about Aaron Gordon getting taxed on the defensive end, trying to stay in front of Kawhi Leonard. We already talked about Isaac and uh, Pascal Siakam. And then I'm I'm worried about uh, Vucevic really... Um, if they play man up and don't double team and we don't have any great crisp ball movement, mm-hmm. him trying to struggle to get his 20 points against Marcus all inefficiently, and I think, we're in trouble.
0: Yeah, so the third matchup that they had was uh, February 24th. That's the one the Magic won in Toronto, won thirteen ninety eight. Kawhi sat this game. Right. This is the one of those you know, we're kind of like with Yanni against the Bucks like when he sat out like the magic just benefited from it but they had to take care of business and they did. Yeah. Um this is the game where Terrence Ross posted 28 points off the bench. Look, it, along with having to
1: keep Danny Green really quiet, Terrence Ross just needs to average like 20 plus points for the series. Well, okay, I obviously we want to win the series, but in four games that we're guaranteed to play, I think we are guaranteed to get one or two. Hot Terrence Ross shooting nights, don't you think? And you got to win those pretty much when it does happen. Unless Fournier can just whip out
0: a 30-point game here or there. Because, look, I think Vooch is going to be, at least offensively, consistent. Now, defensively, that's going to be the interesting part. Um, But we got to look at... I mean, this team's a lot different now since bringing on Michael Carter-Williams. Because if we get in a situation where Cal Lowry's just bullying the hell out of DJ Augustine, then Michael Carter-Williams is going to get more playing time. But... I'm going to trust DJ's going to find a way to not let that happen. Like, he's done all all season, yeah. and I know the regular season's different, but like we've seen with Boston, like we saw with a couple games they, that have been really, really physical, we've actually done pretty well in that situation. And I know playoff uh, physicality is a complete different beast, but just having that going in, I, th- I think we fared pretty well, and I think we'll prove that we, we like mixing it up a little bit. Uh, and so... We'll see like that fourth game. Look, Toronto, they they wanted to prove a point and they did by being this 121 to 109. That's the one where Toronto it seemed like they couldn't miss a three. They shot 19 of 37 from three-point range. Look, if they do that in any of these games, they'll they'll win that game. Yeah. I I don't see us not, you know, being able to overcome that because we just don't have enough offensive weapons. We need to keep the Toronto under 100 points to really have a shot. Maybe 110 if you're lucky, but um, you know that's the game where Danny Green just absolutely murdered us with those 29 points. And Toronto's strength is not having any liabilities defensively. You have two-way guys the whole way. You got either be it either Marcus or Serge Ibaka starting at center. Then you got Siakam at the four. You got Leonard at the three, who on his best day is a Defensive Player of the Year talent. And then you have Danny Green at shooting guard, and then Kyle Lowry. Even though maybe he doesn't he's not as great defensively as he once was, which wasn't that great to begin with anyway, he's going up against a smaller guy against DJ Augustine, where if he's giving a damn, he he could give DJ some problems. And that's gonna I think a big, big, big thing that's gonna have to happen is the Magic Bench is gonna have to find a way to outplay Toronto's. It's gonna be situations where Toronto's gonna be up by a few points
1: with their starters and then this that that bench crew is gonna have to find a way to reel them in i think we have the two biggest things for me number one is the wild card for me i think is aaron gordon what's he gonna provide in the in his first playoff run first playoff experience he needs to be if not the second leading scorer then he needs to be right up there as the third leading scorer uh, you know trading off with Evan Fournier and then the bench like you say is going to be critical and I'll be very interested to see if Clifford uh, he's been working the nine-man rotation all year long Owundu has won a lot of trust as the year has gone along his shot has come along this year but I'll be very interested to see if his minutes get cut in the playoffs and we trend closer to an eight-man rotation with uh, Isaac, Gordon, and Ross kind of floating in the in the swing position there. Yeah. Um and trying to come up with a little more firepower offensively for those bench minutes.
0: Yeah, and hey, if Awandu had a career game in that last game against the Raptors that you know, he had sixteen points right. and seven of seven shooting on that and I think he's capable and I mean look he's he's really great defensively at a minimum like I've never I haven't seen his defense been down in I can't recall this season honestly so we're going to definitely get that but it's going to be you know Aaron supports that that bench unit so you're going to have Michael Carter Williams you're going to have Ross you're going to have a wandu and then you're going to have Birch and most likely Toronto's going to go eight nine man rotation where they got Van Vliet at the point guard position Norman Powell's there. Who he is a complete wild card. Sometimes Powell goes off. Sometimes he's just absolutely insane. And sometimes he's like the worst guy on the floor. It just depends. Right. And then you got Abaka or Gasol coming off the bench. And then lastly, you got OG Ananobi, who people like people forget pretty easily sometimes. But that's that's an athletic guy who, if at a minimum, he's bringing it defensively. And if you get points from him, it's it's a bonus at that point. So. And then you got guys deeper on the bench like Jody Meeks and Jeremy Lin. So Kawhi and Kyle Lowry have been well rested this season. You know, you got Kawhi that has only played 60 games, Lowry, 65. And they've been doing the load management thing pretty well with Leonard in general. He found a way to average 26.6 points per game. He didn't go off against the Magic in any of those games that he played. And so, yeah, who do you think gets the assignment on Kawhi? Who Because who, you got you got all these guys you got to worry about. You know you got uh, you know Siakam. You can't leave him in the corner. He'll kill you with a three. It, you know Gasol is obviously going to match up with Vooch, Same thing with Abaka probably. Um, but then you got
1: you know Danny Green. Can Fournier keep up with him? Is it is it going to be Aaron Gordon or Isaac that's on Kawhi? Oh, I, I think Aaron Gordon has to go to Kawhi. And honestly, if I was for game one, I I would just I wouldn't go with any cross matches whatsoever. I'd I'd put. Augustine on Lowry, and if Lowry wants to bully him in the post, that's fine. I'd have Fournier try and put some extra length on Danny Green. Look, Gordon's done a capable job all year in the matchups against Kawhi that we've had, and we've talked about Isaac uh, against Siakam really kind of holding his own. So I think that's the best. <laughs> that's all we have. That's the best we can do, right? Yeah, it's pretty crazy
0: that Siakam's averaged 17 points per game this season, and that's why he's going to win most of Proof Player, but it just. I've watched a lot of his games, and literally I think the only thing he does is, is hit threes. But then he'll whip out like a crazy drive or move here and there. And it's like, oh, okay, we got to yeah. worry about that. So, um,
1: all right, you got a prediction for the series? So my prediction is also kind of my best case scenario or, or hope, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked about it. I sat Objectively, I'm going to say Raptors and five. I think our best shot to win a game will – I think the game one thing is going to be overhyped. That's my personal opinion what do you mean by over the, the that the magic or uh, i think we said four and seven all time as underdogs in game one yeah game i one's believe on so the road. yeah yeah and toronto obviously has dropped a lot of game ones Um, so I think that they'll come out with a, with a focus and intensity. It's Nick nurse's first playoff game as a head coach. You know, the, we, the North, they got the (laughs) Jurassic park thing going up there. So it's crazy. It's a crazy environment. I think game three is the best chance for us to steal a game. Objectively. I'm going to say Raptors in five. I'm hoping it's Raptors in six, but I'm rooting for magic in six or seven. So I'm going to predict
0: Raptors in seven. Look out. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on this Raptors team. Uh, I I don't, look, Kawhi Leonard could be gone in a few months and then Toronto may actually have to gut the whole damn thing. And it's a matter of, does Kawhi really give a damn that hard to push Toronto? And if the Magic can just punch him in the face out of the gate in game one, which I actually think they will, I think the Magic are going to take game one.
1: You think game one is the best chance for them to win a game?
0: Yes. Be, okay. Because I think the that – I think Clifford's hiding something. He's he's hiding a few things up his sleeve.
1: I hope so. I think
0: Nick Nurse has actually revealed everything that he's got, um, be it against the Magic or be it kind of towards the end when he was kind of prepping the, the Raptors for, for their playoff race, going like eight-man or nine-man rotation basically. And so – Nick Nurse has that pressure as well of being a first-time NBA head coach. Um, I think Kyle Lowry is a choke artist. <laughs> I, like I said, Toronto's got enough talent to overcome that. You're coming in hot. Yeah. And I I, I just believe that the Magic are going to win game one. I think the bench is going to, to do us proud. I think Kem Birch, he, he said, like, I think he had a dream or something that that about a month ago that he was destined to go up against the Raptors or whatnot. And so he'll have family there, and he'll—I he, think he'll—he'll he'll really take it to either Gasol or Ibaka, no matter who he goes up against. Well, at least
1: he's athletic enough to get out to Ibaka at the 18-foot, you know, three-point line where he's going to hang out. And that's—that's
0: that's the other thing too—is when this game—this game is going to slow down. I know the pay, the Raptors like to kind of pick up the pace here and there. They—they they pick and choose, just depending on their lineup. Especially when it's in a Baca lineup, Gasol can't really run like he was once kind of capable of doing. And even then, he was like a slow guy. But when things slow down, I think Vooch is going to just do work. I think he's going to put on like Nikola Jokic type, just distribution type games in certain situations. He may not get the assist numbers, but when it comes to his court vision, I think it's going to be absolutely just amazing in some instances as long as guys cut to the hole if you have aaron isaac and fournier cut to the hole and we've seen it in spurts and that's why the magic have been so amazing these last 31 games i think that they'll catch toronto off guard for the first game and if they do that the magic have a very interesting history where i think they're 10 and 2 all time in series where they win game one the two losses coming in the O two O three series against the pistons right uh, where the Magic, and the Magic were up 3-1 in that series, and yeah. the McGrady couldn't keep his mouth shut. But, um, and then the other one was actually the last time the Magic were in the playoffs, which was 2012, where the Stan Van Gundy-Mash unit, where there's no Dwight Howard in the series, they won that ugly 81-77 game against Frank Bogle's Indiana Pacers team, and we Chris got game Duhun one. Travel we got the travel out. dance. So you got the Quentin Richardson 3 guitar, and you got the travel sure. dance in, in, in that playoff series. <laughs> Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna take at least one, one of those first two games. I really think it's gonna be Game One, and I think Toronto fans will there'll be like an extra bit of nervousness as that game plays out. I feel like I, I don't expect any blowouts by any means, but I think the Magic are gonna hang around and hang around. And I just question Kawhi's leadership and his heart as far as how much he wants to invest. in as a raptor into this playoff run. I think he's more focused on becoming like a clipper or maybe a laker in the summer or something, but we're going to find out. I think Clifford and the staff is going to outcoach Nurse's staff. I think somebody's going to piss off Abaka enough to where Abaka is going to get himself thrown out of a game and I I just really believe that we're we're going to make Toronto sweat, but because they have more talent, there, they have that depth, they have more playoff experience by far, no doubt. I think Marcus Sall might have more playoff games than than the, our rotation does combined. I don't know, but um, I, I really do believe that uh, the Magic will, will will do us proud and they'll put up a fight. And it's a shame that we couldn't go up for Game One for for that for this series. We we tried, we checked. It's just too short notice. Flights to Toronto are just absolutely ridiculous. I think the cheapest to fly up to Toronto it's like five hundred bucks round trip, and that's for like shitty flights yeah um, that's one of the other reasons why I didn't want to go against the Raptors like if it would have been Philly or better yet Milwaukee because then if it was Milwaukee we could have flew into Chicago for like 200 bucks and it's
1: so the Raptors have to pay is what you're saying yeah the Raptors yeah.
0: have to pay for me not being able to see yeah. the magic in person that's basically it yeah. and I am actually and this this is what happens when you don't make a playoff series for seven years but I feel like magic tickets are at an all-time high expense wise part of that's inflation part of that's just the nba game is in more demand right than it was even just seven years ago but because i think like if you want to sit in the lower ball you're paying guaranteed over 200 bucks right and that really wasn't the case we have ticket stubs to prove that wasn't the situation back in the day so okay let's get into magical moments what if i told you disney didn't own every tale that the best basketball stories actually reside in orlando Magical Moments, The Life and Times of Two Central Florida Men, a Penny and Pops production. Alright Penny, Magical Moments, story time. So, you tell us where we were on the morning of Saturday, February 12, 2011.
1: believe we were in the Amway Arena. Yes we were. So uh, what was going on at the Amway Arena? I think we've touched on on this event in a previous episode but one of the more surprisingly fun things that we've ever been a part of uh, I think was the uh, prior to the implosion of the old Amway Arena Mm -hmm. there was a vast uh, auction Yeah, Uh, one of those things where everything has a lot number. You come, you tore all the merchandise. You also tore all of the infrastructure of the building. Uh, Construction people, engineers are there. Yeah, Uh, church organizations are there, looking to purchase the old uh, jumbotron. Yeah, everything you can imagine from nuts to bolts is for sale as long as you have the money and the means to haul it away. Yeah. So basically, this so this is six months after Amway Center opens and. They do
0: this liquidation sale or slash auction, basically. And I think we had to be there at like 9 or 10 in the morning. Like, we were there early that morning. Um, and so, uh, you know, we already talked about it in the in the magical moments where we were talking about game one of the Raptors 2008 series where, you know, we our photo was up for it. And instead of buying it, we just took pictures of it. But I did buy something from this. Um, so... I I can't tell you how high the lot numbers went. It went over a thousand, I'm pretty sure. But um, I mean, I think a church organization bought the jumbotron for about, I think it was like a a little over a thousand dollars or something like that. Great deal, pretty great deal, honestly. Especially if that thing still worked. I mean, had it had been hanging up there for 23 years, so. and so, and then a, a year later, March twenty fifth, twenty twelve, the Amway Arena or the O Arena was demolished. So, they they went pretty quick with uh, with this. And now, coincidentally, well, not coincidentally, but in the fall. 2019, uh, the UCF Valencia Downtown Orlando campus is going to open, and I don't think people realize how big of a deal it's going to be till it actually gets underway, and you see like 10,000 students and people with jobs there actually just populating the area. It might save like SunRail from right. from from defeat, but. Um, I don't know, can can you describe the scene as far as just how there's stuff literally everywhere you have access to the entire arena? How, I mean, you could literally buy everything from towels to there's stuff, there's, there's paper of like nor- random phone call right. bills and whatever everywhere.
1: <laughs> so one of the cool things, as usual, uh, Adam will put pictures up from, from the auction uh, scenes. Yeah, I got a lot of those. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're literally, it's like a behind-the-stage, you know, behind-the-scenes tour of the old Amway Arena. Like and the, the underbelly. Yeah, and the cool thing, too, is that it seems like the day that the Magic, uh, you know, well, the series didn't end. But the last game that they played against the Celtics in 2010, it was like nothing was touched the second that they left the building. So, no. a lot of the locker room stuff was still there. You know, there's it, it, it still writing on the whiteboard from Stan Van Gundy. perfect oh, yeah. Perfect penmanship. Yeah, it's all for- from
0: that uh what was it, game six or whatever right? against yep. the Celtics, like all that stuff is still on there where it's like, Do you believe? Who are you? Who yeah. are we? <laughs> it's like, Can your teammates trust you?
1: How hard are you willing to play for how, how long? long? Yeah. So and we talked about the old spice sticks sitting there still. But literally you're going from uh you know, the concourse with the with the great checkered reflective flooring. Oh yeah, there. I love that flooring so, so much. I miss that flooring. Right? So you go, you got the concourse, you got uh, you know, the, obviously the hardwood is gone, but you're walking the bowl of the arena. You're walking the the luxury skyboxes, and of course they weren't lodge level then; they mm, were yeah. up in the rafters. Yeah. So you're going up there. You're in the what, what, the Cambria Club lounge, Club Cambria. Yeah, yeah. so. You know you're you're seeing it all, and everything is still left for you to rummage through. Yeah, pretty much the only stuff they moved around was
0: like some of the seating and uh, the banners, basically from either the playoffs or or whatnot, and some of the finals banners. Which I ended up purchasing one of those banners. It says, and I've been waiting for for a long time to do this, but so. It's got the older Magic logo, not the old old Magic logo, but like mid two thousands Magic logo. Um, it says "Go Magic" up the middle, and it's a twenty five foot long banner. And on the right side, it's got the uh, NBA Finals uh, trophy on it, and it just and it says the Finals on it. And it's a pretty slick
1: looking banner.
0: I'll it's, tell you, that. it's nice. It's yeah. it's held up. It's held up. I haven't I haven't been able to really uh, utilize it. I've I've I used it. Uh, During the 11 and uh, 12 years for uh, my family's uh, parking business that we got. But since then, it hasn't been unfurled because, well, the Magic haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. But I plan to finally unfurl it. It's going to go up. I'm going to buy a bunch of zip ties right after this recording (laughs) from Lowe's. And I'm going to put that damn thing up on my back chain link fence that I have. And thankfully I have a big enough backyard where I got room for that. You know, a big and shot has twenty five square feet back here. All right. But I mean I've I've been a homeowner for five years now, so this is the first year that I can actually put that banner back up there for a playoff run. And I'm probably gonna start this tradition where I do this every time the magic make you know, get into the playoffs, I put that thing up until they get eliminated. So I hope and Pray that I get to keep that thing up for longer than two weeks, yep. but we're, we're going to find out. But... I will definitely post a picture of that once that's up. Hopefully, I don't do too shitty of a
1: job of it. But if um, any of you, by the way, went to the auction or bought anything, please tweet at us and show us what you got.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious because, like I said, they literally sold a whole bunch of everything. Like, there's there's like globetrotter stuff. Uh, there's um, th- there's a ridiculous amount of just random stuff in there. There's so much furniture that people bought or could have bought because um, it was both an online and in person auction and. I almost bought a
1: Matt Gukas banner. That was the other one. <laughs> so that was obviously before. I wanted to touch on that, and I'm glad you brought it up. That was before the Magic Hall of Fame, but they started doing like a almost magic like a ring, ring of, of honor. honor yeah. And uh, there was a Pat Williams banner. There was a Matt Gukus banner. Scott Skiles. Nick Anderson, I think. Definitely Scott Skiles. Yeah. I think Daryl might have been the last one. Yeah. Darryl, so sure they just had. these gigantic banners that were less than a year old. They just started doing it. Um, and they were a little pricey.
0: Yeah, well... I mean, it was the same price that I bought my uh, the, the finals banner. It, it's what? worth.
1: It, it's a nice that's, banner. The, the when you finals banner is multi-purpose, but what are you going to do with a thirty-foot Matt hat? Yeah, test? that's the other thing. Yeah. The Guca's one is longer
0: and bigger. Like, right, and yeah. I mean, it was going for I think fifty bucks or seventy-five bucks, and I was just like, I, I can't do it. I got nowhere to put it. What
1: am I going to do with so, thirty subscriptions to Vibe? Yeah, God. So that's the.
0: Uh, so that's our magical moments. Like Penny said, if uh, if you got some uh, merchandise that you bought from the auction that you want to show off or just let us know what you got i'm curious i want to see it so lastly before we wrap things up i just want to bring up a few things so zach lowe does his luke walton all-stars for uh, espn it's a great it's a great piece usually every year kem birch made it and like i said kim kong is is gonna play a big role in this toronto series and since bo bamba went down and he kem went in in late january I mean, he's been a huge reason why the Magic bench has been as great defensively as you can ask for it to be. He's been one of the best shot blockers in the league. The, the, the numbers and the stats show it. He may not have a bunch of blocks to his to his statistical uh, box score or any of that, but he he's a big reason why the
1: Magic have been so great lately. Yeah, we couldn't have gotten here without him, and luckily, obviously, he's played himself uh, or you know remained in the league for next year with his play. Also, The Athletic came out with that 127-player poll. The one player
0: that said the magic would win the championship, I want to thank you. So who do you think it is? I'm going to
1: tell you now, my guess is Mario Hazonia for some reason, but that's yeah, good yeah, I think he's willing to talk to the New York media <laughs> and uh, he's probably the only one to have some fun because <laughs> I'm pretty sure like no magic players were involved in that poll, yeah. well, but you I, can't I don't know. You can't vote for, you your can't your vote own for team, yourself, right? That's true, so, so maybe maybe yeah. Robbins
0: did ask him, I don't know, but yeah. and then lastly, uh, there was a JJ Redick Vince Carter reunion on the Winging It podcast. Winging it. It's tough to really say it. It's W I N G I N it. Yeah. It's a it's a ringer podcast that um, Vince Carter and uh, Kent Bazemore and uh, former Magic employee Annie Finberg have been hosting for you know Hawk, for the Hawks related info or whatnot, Hawks related games and as really it's a good it's a great listen Reddick and car and Vince talk about the 2010 years a whole bunch and they go down like this there's just great banter throughout they talk about Vince's 48 point game which we mentioned a few weeks back yeah. against the New Orleans Hornets and how James Posey was uh was dissuading Vince from going for 50 points he basically told him don't try that shit <laughs> so which sounds like a James Posey thing that he would probably say but and then they talk about like technical fall, foul stories. How uh, JJ's like JJ's uh, story about Bennett Salvatore, like uh, ejecting him. It's just amazing. So that's a really good listen. Um, and so that's it. Uh, playoff time. It's, it's I, I still can't believe it. It hasn't really hit me. That we've made the playoffs. Maybe once I put the banner up in the backyard or maybe once like game one comes on, yeah. maybe we'll uh we'll really feel it. I don't know. Do we like the Ryan Rukow's Chauncey Billups game one ESPN uh duo to call the game? I don't care for it. I'd rather have like a Van Gundy or Doris Burke, but that's not gonna happen or Mike Breen. So I don't know, maybe if we take game one, maybe right. they'll kinda reassign us. So <laughs> let's hope for that. All but right. Any 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 other final
1: thoughts that that you want to talk about or just mention as we as we go into into this unknown territory well, okay we haven't been here in seven years so regardless of what happens enjoy it even if we don't win a game enjoy the game within a game Absolutely. enjoy the highlight plays within the losses and uh let's ride it as long as we can and with that go magic take care and just win get
0: out the way get out the way get